0: Welcome to the Fisher's Second Ward podcast. This is a podcast to help members of the Fisher's Second Ward of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints get to know their neighbors in the ward. The ideas and thoughts that we share aren't necessarily a reflection of the official doctrines of the church. We just hope to strengthen our friendships and our faith by sharing our stories. Thanks for listening, and let me introduce you to a member of the ward. Actually, this time it's two members of the ward. We have today Ella and Dayton Wright. Right. We have several rights in the ward and Mm -hmm. so it's kind of fun when we talk about the rights we don't know which rights we're talking about (laughs) About. but welcome thank Thank you you. yeah Yeah. excited beer this is kind of fun because we met you uh early on after you Mm -hmm. shortly after you guys moved into the ward and we've been been able to hang out a little bit and um got to show up to your birthday party yeah yeah and that was fun and um That I've been listening to your podcast, Ella, so that's been fun as well. So go ahead and play your podcast, first of all. Let's get the important stuff out of the way. (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, my podcast, I have a podcast called Start the Conversation. Uh, Not very original (laughs) name, um, but I share strategies and stories. I interview guests as well and then do some solo episodes around how to start uh, meaningful and some of the more difficult conversations. So in some of my solo episodes, I'll dive into strategies on like, how to explore your values and articulate those. Or I did one episode, one of my most popular ones was on compassionate confrontation. And so I'll actually like link out a PDF and like encourage people to go through like a framework. Whereas the guests, we might just talk about like a certain topic or something they have life experience in. And then my goal is to always provide like very specific conversation starters and questions or like mindsets to consider. When starting different hard conversations or kind of those uncomfortable topics, whether it's confrontation um, or finances or family members who you have faith, faith differences with, Mm -hmm. or um, maybe people have different identities that you don't understand. Um, Right. Yeah, that's my podcast. And it's been really fun.
0: So what got you thinking about doing a podcast?
1: Um, Well, I actually did a podcast about four years ago with a, a couple of friends and I think we did maybe 10 episodes and just kind of interviewed people that we liked. And mm-hmm. so I've always been a podcast listener and consumer. And I think it's such a fun way to learn because yeah. I'm an audio learner. And if you have a commute or you're getting ready in the morning or you just need to like put your mind in a different place, right? I've loved podcasts. And then when I graduated from grad school in December, I think I told Dayton maybe mm-hmm. a few weeks or maybe the week afterwards, I, was, I I was like, I think I need to start a podcast. I think that's my next way to like keep myself engaged and learning Uh and also connecting with people. As we moved out here to Indiana, we've been making friends, but the podcast has also been a really meaningful way for me to connect with like new people Uh and people that I admire as I invite them onto the show. And yeah, I, I I've always studied interpersonal communication and specifically have a passion for like negotiating or conflict or like those uh-huh. harder, uncomfortable conversations. And that's something I have to do a lot of at work in various settings. And so I like the idea that I can help people just know how to start those conversations with more confidence. But it it took me from December until May to start yeah. it because, I mean, with any podcast, I'm like, oh, people are already talking about this right. or there's all... But, you know, even if I just have one person that reaches out during the week and says, mm-hmm. Hey, this helped me so much, or this brought me a new perspective, or I felt less anxious about a situation with a family member, then that's mission accomplished for me. That's awesome. Um, yeah.
0: Well, that's good. And, and there are definitely some difficult conversations that are happening and need to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and probably some that haven't happened that need to happen. I know that, uh, um... Without throwing anybody, <laughs> my family—that not my family, but my wife's family. Well, that's just every make family. It, make it generic. <laughs> Somebody that I'm married to, <laughs> her family. No, um, there, we all have those conversations, and I think a lot of it is there are things that go on in our head that we imagine the conversation is going to go this way, and we all
1: mm-hmm.
0: are thinking worst case scenario maybe, and and it usually ends up being much better than than what we imagine, but. um I think that's really important. I think I've listened to your, uh, to every episode and I think you've had some really good, uh, some good insights and some good strategies. So I'll throw that out if, if anybody <laughs> in the ward has not gotten their podcast fill, <laughs> yes. then uh, your, your podcast is a, is a great one. So you mentioned grad school. So talk a little bit about where you went to school, where you went to grad school, what your degrees in.
1: Yeah. So... And I
0: promise
2: Dayton, we'll get to you too. Hey, interviewer <laughs> the whole time. I don't mind. <laughs>
1: No, they, they. I I talk all the time on my own podcast. Um, so I went to. I'm originally from Utah. I went to Dixie State University, okay. um, in southern Utah for a year, and then I went to UVU in Orem for three years, and I got a bachelor's of communication studies. Okay. So I studied a lot of intercultural communication, um, organizational communication, and then my favorite classes were negotiation and public speaking. Interesting. So, like, I actually leaving UVU, I was like, I think I want to be a professor of public speaking. Uh-huh. I just love the idea, and I touched on that when sharing about my podcast. But I think being able to articulate yourself mm-hmm. confidently, whether you're you are in. Whether you're working in the home or outside of the home, like talking to your kids, your partner, your like ward members or like places in your career. I think people just underestimate the importance of being able to articulate your thoughts and be able to listen and read an audience and all these different things that come with the topic of public speaking. Um, And then. Through a series of events and just kind of my own personal exploration, I decided I wanted to do a Master's of Organizational Leadership. So I moved to Arizona. I didn't know anyone. I found um, roommates off of Facebook Uh who were members of the church. And so I moved in with two random girls in Tempe, Arizona. (laughs) And I moved in August and it was 110 degrees every day. And it was the fall of 2020. (laughs) And so I'm like on campus wearing a mask. It's so hot. And I was kind of overwhelmed for the first few weeks. I was uh, like, what did I just do? Like I'm away from all of my family members and friends. Uh, but it was really important to me. I think I just had this desire to, to not only pursue my own education, but just life out experiences that right. weren't influenced by family member and friends and like pushing myself to a place of being uncomfortable and I definitely got that. Uh, so yeah, a master's of organizational leadership. So a lot of classes around, uh, innovation project management, um, adult learning theory, uh, and then some more like theoretical classes were just discussing like, what is leadership and Mm -hmm. like what defines a leader? And so like pretty heavy, like theory philosophy classes. And then I finished that in December of 2021.
0: Nice. And, uh, was that a two-year program?
1: It was a year and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, it's specifically designed for like full-time okay. working professionals who right. want to get a master's. So they design it in a way where you can take like one or two classes at a time while working. And it's mm-hmm. pretty manageable where you don't have to go full-time. Most people finish it in a year and a half to okay. two years. So
0: Not bad. And at some point, Dayton came into the picture.
1: Yeah, at some <laughs> point, Dayton came along. He was having his like own exploration. I'll let him share that.
2: Yeah. So
0: where did you, let's start with how you and Ella met, and then we'll go back from there. Okay.
2: Okay, great. So, yeah, kind of like Ella mentioned, I was doing my own little exploration. Uh, after graduating from Weber State, went to California. So, I moved to Southern California, Huntington Beach. And I'd say I had the idea for like a couple of years to move to California, but I was like, oh, it's like, it's not really worth it because I'm going to spend, you know, like thousands of dollars in rent, like right. it's super expensive. It just didn't make, like, logical sense, but, like, my heart was kind of pulling me there. Mm-hmm. So, finally, I was, like, you know, what? I'm just going to go, see what happens. And that was, like, fall of 2020. Um, found two roommates off of Facebook Marketplace. Not Marketplace, but Facebook, like, the LDS um, YSA pages. Okay. And so, moved in with him and surfed every morning, just nice. kept working remote. And I, like, was thriving. I, like, really found myself when I was in California. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... I went to Arizona week one weekend for Thanksgiving. Met Ella through a, a dating app called Mutual, nice. and I guess Lug the rest is kind of history. <laughs> yeah. So.
0: Well, that's cool. So what? What? Um, you, I, I'm intrigued by the statement that you said you found yourself in California. Um, talk a little bit about that. What do you mean?
2: Yeah. No. I. So I think always being around family and friends in Utah I was kind of like in a rut. Uh huh. Um, And when I was in California, I was able to just kind of explore and like truly find like what I wanted to do with my life Mm -hmm. and who I really was, because I think like my friends when I was 25 were still friends I had since kindergarten. Okay. Right. So they're like, this is who Dayton is. So they kind of like, I probably as well, like kept myself in a certain box like, I didn't go outside that box. Like this is who I am and who I'm supposed to be. And so I think just going to a new environment, like helped me grow in new ways. Nobody knows you. Exactly, I can
0: be whoever you are.
2: Yep, and that was like be. very liberating. I was like, "Great, nobody knows me. I'm just gonna be who I am." And okay. that that really helped me a lot. I think that's cool. So you're from Utah as well. Yeah, so north of Salt Lake. Okay. Yep.
1: Yeah, so we were both from Utah, both <laughs> at the age of
2: like 25, twenty-five.
1: Yeah, decided to leave. I had. Um, I mean, I had lived in, like, St. George and Provo and, like, mm-hmm. moved out of, like, my hometown. Dayton had stayed stayed much in his hometown home, beside, yeah. besides our missions. But funny that we both kind of had that that inspiration. And the interesting thing is the two programs that I was deciding between after I narrowed it all down, one was in Costa Mesa, California, which was, like, 15 minutes away from yep. where Dayton lived, and I probably would have been in his same ward. And then Close my down. other choice was Tempe. And then his... Two choices of where he wanted to move to was also Southern California in Arizona. Wow! So we've always yeah. talked about that, but like maybe we would have met. Like I don't like, know, no but matter it's what,
0: kind yeah. of fun to yeah to wonder what what if? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So you both mentioned you mentioned missions for both of you. So where yep. did you serve, Dayton?
2: Uh, so I served in London.
0: Okay. So how was the language for you? It was great.
2: It's there's a few times it was a little confusing with the with the accents uh, when I first got there, but yeah. So. I think Elle and I both left after like the age change, so okay. we're kind of like in that big influx of missionaries. So it was like our, uh, September 2013 left, um, and it was honestly amazing. I, I loved everything about it. The people were, were great, and I think just I learned a lot of valuable lessons there, which you know you really can't describe in a short right. podcast, no, right? But of it's not. it's it's tremendous. But so. we
0: may we may hit on some of those. Yeah, points. definitely. Knows, but, and where'd you serve, Ella?
1: I served not too far away from here. I served in Chicago, Illinois, speaking Spanish. So I got to go to the Mexico MTC for six weeks. Oh, cool. Because there were so many missionaries leaving at that time, the Provo MTC was full. So I felt like I had the best of both worlds that I have, like the Mexico MTC, which is such a really neat and special place, and then coming to Chicago and uh, serving in places where... like everyone was speaking Spanish. And occasionally we would see, depending on what neighborhood I was in, like Polish people or like other white people, but predominantly was surrounded by like Spanish speaking um, individuals. So it felt like a different country to me.
0: So talk a little bit about the Mexico MTC, because when I've heard a little bit about it, it is so different from the Provo MTC.
1: So different. And I had volunteered and done service at the Provo MTC when I lived in Provo. And it is like what you see of just like, beautiful church brick buildings and everything's very, I would say just kind of, uh, I don't know what, what you would imagine. Um, Mm -hmm. but in Mexico MTC, it is, it used to be a school. So there's like a lunch hall and there's these like sports fields. We'd play sand volleyball and be eating like mangoes in the afternoons. And there's all these palm trees and we were there during their independence days. So They made us sing the national anthem for the opening and closing hymn and just this like fresh fruit and like really fun food. Um, And then also like you stayed in these like individual little houses and we would, yeah, wake up in the morning and go running and like look at the stars and like, I don't know. It just like felt like this like other world to me, Um, not only starting missionary work, but being in this place. Where right. everyone was speaking Spanish and you're eating you're totally Mexican in it. food, yeah. So,
0: so yeah. how big how big is the um, Mexico MTC compared to the Provo MTC?
1: Um, I would not be able to tell you. I, I I'm not sure, but definitely like smaller. Uh-huh. But do you know I, how many
2: I, missionaries were there when you were there? Like, could you take a guess?
1: Dayton knows that I'm not good at <laughs> guessing things with numbers. Um, I would say. Maybe like one or two hundred, whereas okay. Provo probably I has what like, a, like a like a thousand several thousand at know. a time. Yeah, so it's pretty yeah these smaller so little significantly smaller cohorts. but yeah. but
0: still, um, did you have kind of the same structure? The structure that we had uh, this is decades ago when I was a right yeah. <laughs> uh, before you guys were born, probably. Probably, no. maybe I don't know. We won't get into that.
1: <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: But we would have uh, every week. We'd have a devotional with a visiting authority, and it, because of proximity, it was super convenient to have mm-hmm. general authorities and members of the Quorum of the Twelve. But did you have devotionals and things like that on a weekly basis? And
1: Yep, we had devotionals, and I think the biggest thing I remember about Sundays is that you had to be prepared to give a talk in Spanish. Like every week, you had to write a talk in Spanish, and then they would pick a name out of a hat. Oh wow. Literally. And you had to stand up in front of your whole zone and give a talk in Spanish on a whim. And some people would be prepared, some people wouldn't be. <laughs> oh yeah, um, I can only
0: imagine. But what great preparation, but great especially preparation. for somebody who's interested in public speaking.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, it was fun. That's fun.
0: fun. So, um, Dayton, you were talking about you worked remotely. Are you yep. still working? at the same job you're still doing?
2: Yes. Yeah, so I work for my dad. Okay. Um, and that's why we came out here. And that's why we came out here. Yeah. yeah. So he has like two sides to his business. Um, one, he manages like a, a buying group. So okay. there's about 50 companies within this group and they get a better buying rate for being a part of the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where I spend most of my time. And the other time he manufactures like christmas lights, christmas trees, wreaths, that type of stuff. Your boys actually helped unload a container before. Nice. Um Put them to work.
1: Just a little shout out. You ever wanna unload a container? Yeah, we, paid, we pay we
2: pay decently ride. well, you know. I don't know, maybe 15 bucks an hour or whatever. That's um nice. all under the table, which is great. No taxes. <laughs> uh but yeah, so he bought a warehouse in Westfield. Okay. So I usually go to Westfield um Every day for work, just because I honestly enjoy the commute, listening to a book, uh, talks, whatever it is. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's that's why we're here, and it was really a good excuse to get out of Utah because our family is so, um, almost like big, demanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, both our parents are divorced, and three of them are remarried. Okay. And so it just causes for a lot of like, hey, every weekend, do you want to come here? Or do you want to go do this? Right. And so we're like, we're just gonna take ourselves out of that whole picture entirely by moving somewhere. So we knew we wanted to move out of Utah once we started like dating. We're like, yeah, like once we're getting married, we'll move out. And we're looking at like Southern California, the West Coast. And then my dad's like, I'm going to buy a warehouse in Indiana. Do you want to move there? And so we're like, and
1: without hesitation, like yeah. that was the interesting thing. Like it just felt right to both of us for like, I mean, yeah, let's just go to Indiana. Nice. And then like, I think every kind of few weeks, we'd be like, we'd tell people mm-hmm. as we were talking to them, like, yeah, like, it's a good chance we moved to Indiana, and like we both just started like <laughs> saying yeah. it, and we, and then sometimes we would talk just the two of us, and we'd be like, and Dayton would be like, "I'm actually serious about moving to Indiana." I'm like, "No, so am I. Wow. Like, yeah. I'm fine with it. Let's do it." So we came out and looked places to live, and in July, and then yeah, moved moved out here three weeks after getting married. Wow. But yeah. for I some remember, reason, you guys were yeah, just. Yeah. You came to see us, I think, like yep. two weeks after we moved in, too. We got yeah. we yep. got the famous chocolate cake. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was like right when we moved in.
2: Yep.
0: So that was so yeah. fun getting to know you guys a little bit then. Yeah. Um so um from that first meeting in Arizona to getting married, tell us about your your journey. Wow. What was your story? This wow. is
1: quite the story. It actually is. It's kind of fun.
2: So we we texted for like a month and like FaceTime for a month because we hadn't seen each other in person yet. Okay. And so we really built our relationship off of communication, which was really good. Oh, yeah. just just felt like a really really good 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 foundation.
1: Yeah, because we couldn't, like, go on a date or, like, I don't know, like, yeah, we just became good friends and connected on, like, topics that we had in common.
2: Yeah, we had, like, like really deep conversations. Like, our first FaceTime was, like, two hours, you know, wow. like, which is, like, for me, I was kind of, like, you know, 23rd minutes, like, hey, good to meet you type of thing. And we just we just talked, and, and then, it was like, so easy.
1: A few days later, he, like, FaceTimes me in the morning after he's done surfing, and I'm, like, who is this guy that's just, like, all of a sudden...
2: Yeah, like, 9.30 in the morning. <laughs>
1: like, FaceTime me. It was at, like, 8 in the morning.
2: It was early. Yeah,
1: but... And then we just, like... Couldn't stop talking. Yeah. Um, and we were really excited to meet. And then we met up in person. We both were going back to Utah for Christmas. Okay. We meet up in person and we had um, like a, a, a date of sorts planned and it was good. And and I dr- I had driven all day. F- he was already in Utah. Okay. I drove all the day from Arizona to Northern Utah. So I'd been in ah. like the car for 12 hours when I mm. met him. And I was like, so like <laughs> nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like tired. But we meet, it goes great. And then we pretty much were spending every moment that we could together after that. Like his mom lives in Ogden and my mom lived in Woodland Hills. Okay. So that's like about hour and 40 minute drive. And so we were driving to see one another.
2: Yeah, it was rough. And
1: then (laughs) it was. And then after Christmas, he was going back down to Arizona. So his little sister married a guy who's from Arizona okay and that's who Dayton was visiting for Thanksgiving and so he's like uh, I'm gonna go back uh, down right. there mm-hmm. for New Year's Eve and then I can still spend time with you as well like Flever. and when we got back yeah,
2: you know, yeah. we just gotta spend more time <laughs> right exactly. Got still the deal <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: yeah and when we go back I got COVID so I'm like uh, oh crap like he's like well I like came down here to like see you and spend time with you and i was like i think i'm gonna go back up to utah because i had roommates whose Mm. jobs would be impacted if like i was living with them with COVID. like one of my roommates was a school teacher she didn't have any more sick days so she would have had to like stay home so i'm like i'm just gonna turn around drive 10 hours back up to utah and dayton was like i'll come with you at the same time that i was like you could come with me kind of like joking Joking, right (laughs) And similar to what I said about moving to Indiana, he's like, no, I'm I'm serious. I'll come back to Utah with you. I was like,
2: okay. "Well, Well, yeah, because I've been spending time with her. And so that means I was probably going to get COVID as well. Uh-huh. And I didn't want to go to California. It was more strict. And I right. had two roommates. And I would literally just sit in my bedroom all day. I was like, it's not worth it for me to go back to California by myself. Because my family was like, you're not staying here with us. Uh-huh. So I had to choose. So I was like... I'll just go back to Utah with you. And yeah. so we took a road trip back to... Yeah,
1: New Year's Eve.
2: Yeah, New Year's Eve. Took a road trip back to Utah. We went on like a the wave, we went on a really fun hike called The Wave. Um, asked her to be my girlfriend then. <laughs> like yeah, So all this fun stuff. And then, yeah, spent, what, three weeks with so her family. Three weeks. So wow.
1: that like deepened and like kind of like quickened, I feel like, the progression of our relationship because uh-huh. it wasn't like oh we saw each other and then a couple days later then we went out again for a couple hours it was like you're living with my Mm. mom stepdad sister brother and his girlfriend for three weeks and we're not even going out and doing stuff Uh i had COVID, and i had pretty bad symptoms Mm. so like we all we could do was just talk and go for walks but it was great. And then after yeah. that, we visited each other a few times. I went on a family trip with him like a month later
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: to Palm Springs. And then he moved to Arizona in March. And then once I finished my school semester, we moved to Utah in May. And then we just bounced around to our four yeah. parents' houses over the summer, which I think like solidified our desire to it's leave. Like, we were like, yes. this is Yeah, we is can't chaos. do this. Um, and then, yeah, I got married August 10th. So a relatively quick timeline, but like from the beginning, both of us were very like spiritually enlightened of like, totally. this is the person I'm supposed to be with. And I think also because like we got married later than a lot of our friends too at mm-hmm. the age of 26 mm-hmm. or yeah, yeah, 26. 26 yeah. Um, We both had had like several serious relationships. Mm-hmm. So it was just, we've always been very grateful for that, that it was just abundantly clear. Totally what it should be.
0: So I'm just curious because I've had the, the experience that I had when, when Marcy and I got engaged. I was young and uh, super introverted and in fact, my mom thought for sure that my brother who was on a mission when I got married, he would come home from his mission, find, date a girl, get married long before I recognized that females exist. Right. And um, But I'm interested in knowing how did you know that he was the one or how did you know that she was the one what was that you talk about spiritual enlightenment i love i love
2: learning how people experience that uh wow this is this is a good question so in a lot of the relationships i had prior to ella I gave like the majority of the effort is very lopsided, right? Okay. So I don't uh, like try to win a girl over by doing like more things for her, like mm-hmm. serving her or like, like, yeah, I'll do whatever you want, that type of thing, right? right. So I kind of lost myself in that relationship. But with Ella, she was very confident about herself and who she was, what she wanted. Mm-hmm. So like kind of gave me the permission to be myself and be confident like just who I am as well. Yeah. And so that started off really well. And I think just... I, I don't know. Um, I think at that time, because I was starting to find myself in California, I was a little more introspective. I was thinking more so like, okay, hey, what do I want? And then as I was like, you know, whether journaling or just meditating, I was like, I think Ella really could be the one. Uh-huh. And then talking with them, like, I know you haven't met this girl, but like, she's literally, I think, I asked for like, look at these conversations we've had. And I think it was just built upon like, the conversations. I was like, "Right, if I could have this rest of my life, I'd be completely happy." Right, you know. So I don't know if it was never a moment of like, "She's the one," but I I knew like honestly from our first conversation mm-hmm. in my house, like, "I need to marry this girl." Yeah, and <laughs> there wasn't like anything like a spirit like you know slapping me in the face with something. It's just like it's just overwhelming feeling like, but it just this felt is, right. Yeah, like she's it type of thing. So. That's awesome. Doesn't help too much, but no, I, yeah. s-
0: I think it's great because um, I, I'll tell you what, why I mean that after I hear from. Great, she should give the rebuttal. Yeah,
2: yeah, the rebuttal. Because <laughs> it took her a little longer to tell her tell me that she loved me. Dayton,
1: but. I, Dayton said I love you three times before I said it back, uh-huh. and I think I recognized that he could be the person that I could marry, but I was almost like kind of doubting it because I was like no, this guy's amazing. Uh And like, I didn't know if I really like deserved someone as incredible as Dayton. I was kind of more doubting myself than I was doubting him. Um, But I was like vocal about that.
2: It's not you. It's me type of (laughs) things that you're saying.
1: (laughs) No, I was like, this is amazing. And I'm so happy, but like, I'm, I'm scared. Like I've never had these feelings. Like, and I'd been in more serious relationships where we had talked about a future, but never to the point of like seriously talking about marriage. And I think, I think I was very nervous about those feelings and in other circumstances or like choices in my life, I'd felt that as well where like God was like, Hey, I have this awesome opportunity for you even with like mm-hmm. grad school. And I was like, am I that smart? Like, I don't know. I think that's, that's just something that I am challenged with is like, I pray and I work really hard for awesome opportunities. And then when I receive them, I'm like, uh-huh. Oh, but like, am but I really, not deserving? Am yeah, I that um, smart? Which I think a lot of people will resonate with yeah. that just doubt themselves. Um, but I did have, like, right after our first FaceTime, I texted my mom. I'm like, Mom, like, I just talked to this guy and he's different. And I, like, had this journal entry that I was like, I don't know where things would go with Dayton, but, like, I know that there is someone who was, like, kind and funny and spiritual mm-hmm. and warm in all the ways that I've been praying for. Mm-hmm. And even if God just wanted to, like, send that to me to let me know that, like, that person exists, right? Then I'm, like, so grateful. And so, yeah, right off the bat, I was like, this is yeah, this is a person who I want to be with. So Yeah.
0: And then just kind of grow into that. That's that's fun. My oldest daughter, when she was, um and uh, some of the members of the ward know Allison, but when she was she was dating this guy, and there's a great story there that I'll tell some sometime, <laughs> sometime. But he asked me, um my impression of him, which is a really dangerous question to ask. That about, is, yeah, the father of your potential wife. Uh huh. And um, but the the answer that I gave him is that he, I love that he brought out Allison. Mm-hmm. Allison was more of herself than mm. she was when she was with him, and I love seeing that. That somebody who just lets you, instead of keeping you in that box,
2: totally lets That's you be
0: whoever whoever you are. And um, so it sounds like that's kind of what you've uh, what you found with each other. That's fantastic. Totally, that's awesome. So we talked about what you do for work, work Dayton and Ella. I know
2: you're not working for his dad. No, no, never will. I (laughs) we made sure that will never happen.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um. So I work for Carvana, Uh which is used car sales company. If for anyone who's listening. As you are driving down the freeway, if you've seen the car vending machine, they're actually relocating it, so that's why they're tearing it down. Um, but I, my official title is manager of leadership and talent programs. That's cool. So it's a very cool title. It makes me it sound is, very yeah, smart. yeah. Um, <laughs> But I've been at the company for almost two years, and it's awesome because I get to practice ex- many of the aspects of like my studies mm-hmm. in. Um, in my grad degree. But I have a team and they develop programs and onboarding and resources and workshops for aspiring leaders, current leaders, and then helping leaders prepare for their next role. And we support a couple hundred leaders um, for a department of about 4,000. That's across the whole country. So half of my team's in Arizona, the other half's out here in Indiana and Ohio. And then myself, I get to help kind of consult and create the strategy around like broader training initiatives. So like, Mm -hmm. let's say the department's going to launch like a new piece of technology or a new safety policy. I'm in charge of coming up with like an instructor led training. So like actually just this past week, like there was a training and it was an hour and a half long and it went over a new policy, the business process that the leaders are supposed to do to make sure they're adhering to the policy And then we also had the last half of the class was on how to coach to the policy. So the soft skills, how do you understand your employees' emotions? What was the coaching framework? And then like examples of how to coach and making them practice it. Mm -hmm. And then like this next week, their employees will go through the training. And so I'm in charge of creating the content, scheduling the sessions, helping to train the facilitators, and then working with people within other areas of the department to just deliver all of that. Uh, so that's something that's really fun is, I think some of these bigger, more like complicated trainings or like trading solutions, mm-hmm. I have a lot of fun being able to take a really broad idea of like, we need to train 300 leaders to this policy mm-hmm. and then breaking it down into like a delivery plan and understanding the learning objectives and who needs to get involved um, that's really where I have the most fun is where I can take very kind of like broad and general things, yeah, put it down onto paper or help lead others through that same process.
0: So with your team in, uh, in Arizona, do you get to travel much with them or do you, are you doing mostly remote?
1: Um, so I'm remote. I have traveled to Arizona a few times, uh, but it's, yeah, mostly remote. I might go there at the end of the summer. I'm not trying to go there right now when it's right. super hot, but I did <laughs> go there about 3 times in the spring um for various kind of uh yeah, meetings and things that I had to do. So, yeah.
0: So you're mostly remote and Dayton you could be remote but you Yeah. Are more hands-on just because I mean,
1: You're technically he's technically still remote cuz his whole company's in Utah. Yeah. Okay.
2: So, he, and I think he it's he harder to the
1: warehouse so that we're not stuck in the space. Yeah
2: room yeah stuck in the same room and listening to each other on phone calls because that's really what our job is just like on phone calls all day
1: Uh i'm on zoom calls probably like six hours a day that sounds like fun no (laughs) it's it's a lot
2: yeah so just to kind of make it so we're not talking over each other that type of thing i i leave which is really nice actually
1: it's kind of nice to have our own space and then get to reconnect at the end of the day
0: and then you get your commute. You get to listen to LS podcast as you're traveling.
2: Yeah, I actually, I actually do. Um, I really enjoy it. Listen to those, and then also just like other books. I like. I really like investing and like mm-hmm. listening to that type of stuff. So just trying to figure out, you know, maybe how to use mine the wisest or smartest way, or and listen to a book on public speaking right now. Just like always trying to find new ways of bettering myself, ourselves, that type uh-huh. of thing. So yeah, I really enjoy it. That's cool.
0: So um, both of you being children of divorced parents must that must be an interesting dynamic uh and, and mm. as you are developing your own relationship what are some things that you've learned that have helped you um and you've been married a whole almost almost a year a year
2: almost a year in yeah. yeah. august all figured out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sort of
1: totally experts. Yeah.
2: yeah. um sorry the question was like you can make what the have we whatever looked, you want okay <laughs>
0: no um you've got, you've, you've seen relationships that have worked and some that have not worked. What are some things that you've, that you've learned that have uh, helped you in your relationship with each other?
2: Yeah, I, well, I'd say for me, there's a lot of good lessons I learned from like watching my parents. Mm -hmm. Like my dad was really good at providing, still is. My mom was so nurturing, like Mm -hmm. crazy enough as it is. Um, Even in high school, up till I was like a senior in high school, my mom would come and tuck us into bed every night and like sit with me and then my two sisters for like 10, 15 minutes of time, just talk about our day. Mm -hmm. And just like, how was your day? How are things going? And then to me, I was like, gee, this is amazing. You know, like, and I think just kind of combining what they're both really good at and trying to, you know, make that into one full relationship has been really helpful for me. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, I think every relationship has its struggles or downfalls, yeah. but seeing those two examples has really helped me to say, okay, this is what I want to do with our kids and right. our future. Um, is be somebody who, you know, is there for them emotionally, spiritually, physically, like kind of a well-rounded. Yeah. Um, But I'd say so far, that's like one thing I could take from my parents and their relationship is like how they're both so strong in Mm -hmm. certain aspects and trying to apply that into uh, our lives. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, and I think um, like watching my parents go through different phases Mm -hmm. in their relationship. And then I also have a lot of, most of my, Like, my mom's parents were divorced, and then all of my dad's siblings and my mom's siblings have been divorced, except for one Mm -hmm. couple. Um, And so I think just recognizing that, um, well, I actually talked to Dayton about this yesterday. I think seeing that, and then a lot in our culture, not only of like the church community, but just the world as a whole like I always just heard like marriage is hard and like marriage is difficult and I saw a lot of those difficulties in addition to like the amazing things that my parents did so I think I kind of had this narrative of like well relationships are just hard and there's Mm -hmm. always going to be conflict and disagreement and in some of my other relationships I think I tolerated a Mm -hmm. lot of discomfort or things that I didn't like because I was like well relationships are just hard and like once again meeting date and I was like oh my gosh, like this is just so easygoing, and we have very different perspectives on certain things. Totally, yeah. Totally mm-hmm. different perspectives. But we're able to just talk mm-hmm. about it and like laugh it off very easily. And so I think that was like an aspiration, like a hope that I always had of like, no, like I think I can find someone who it's really easy with, mm-hmm. but it kind of challenged this narrative that I had seen played out and that I had just heard my whole life of like, well, like marriage is just hard and like right. things just don't always work out and like, all of those types of things. And I don't know, for whatever that's worth, I think the biggest takeaway I've had is that like, yes, marriage is hard and there's difficulties, um, but also uh, it can be easier depending on your friendship and the relationship that Mm -hmm. you have. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Great. I I think that, yeah, that's my takeaway.
0: Okay. Well, that's good. So when you're not working, or walking, or podcasting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and date when you're not surfing. Which there's plenty of surfing in Indiana, yeah. I think.
2: Unfortunately, <laughs> dang it. <laughs>
0: what, do you guys, what do you guys like to do?
2: Um. Well, one thing that Ellen and I have done quite a bit of is we actually love to go for walks. Because mm-hmm. um, first of all, it helps with the diabetes; lowers right. lowers blood sugar, which is great. Uh, and then. That's when we usually have our hardest conversations. I would say hard. Or just like that's when we go into the most depth. Because I think we're both in like a better headspace when we're walking outside. Right. So if it's time about, okay, what are we gonna do with like finances or with this trip coming up or like a stressful situation, mm-hmm. we usually bring up when we're walking and I found that to be really fun. But like besides, you know, we also love to play pickleball. We're always going out to the courts like Cynthia Ann Park and playing with that and we're gonna be playing in a tournament in October, we think. That's the idea. Right. Um but yeah, I'd say we're pretty active. So,
1: I'd say every day we either yeah. are going for a walk and a bike ride, or going for a walk and playing pickleball. Yeah, go to the gym every morning. We really like to travel. So like mm-hmm. hiking, camping. Like on our honeymoon, we went to Jackson Hole. We did Fun. kayaking, mountain biking, hiking. Like yeah, we just love being outside. Um, I particularly love to cook and bake. Like that's my favorite. That's how I help transition from like my work day to uh-huh. like disconnecting from work is like we put our phones away and we're just like in the kitchen talking, mm-hmm. eat a good meal, we go for a walk and we talk and like I feel like that's how we're able to just kind of like get out whatever's on our mind. Yeah. Um Yeah, I'm trying to think about us. But yeah, pickleball, I'm trying to pick up surfing. I was able okay. to stand up on a surfboard no, that a was fun. like two weeks ago. Nice yeah. um because Dayton's really big surfer. Um, and then we both just like to learn. So mm-hmm. I think like also just like reading books, listening mm-hmm. to podcasts, we're always talking about things that we're learning. And then we, we've, we've really enjoyed just like making new friends here in Indiana. And mostly it's been with members of the board. So. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things I was thinking as you were talking about going for walks, one of the reasons I think that's a great strategy. And for me and Marcine, a lot of times it would be when we're traveling, when we we'd be going for a drive. Um, y- you're not having a face-to-face conversation. You're, you're Mm. side-by-side. And I think there's at least, um, a, I don't even know what word I'm, I'm looking for, but there's a, it's, it's non-confrontational. You're there, you're facing.
1: Yeah. Because you're also, you're kind of distracted by nature as well.
0: Yeah. And it's not, yeah, you don't have that maybe intense eye contact Mm there, but, I'm. I'm or waiting like for your answer or whatever. In a
1: chair feeling like you can't move or you're trapped or you're really defensive. Right. Yeah.
0: And it's just you two dealing with whatever the situation is. And yeah. So that's a great strategy. So go for walks. It's. I
2: mean, it's worked yeah. for us for I so far. Go for walks and yeah. also
1: like we don't have hard conversations after 9 p.m. Oh. Which okay. might sound silly, but like we just realized early on. Other people can probably identify with this. Like when it's late at night, things seem so much more complicated and overwhelming. So we just like set a rule. We're like, okay, after nine o'clock, like we're just gonna like relax, disconnect from that. And then like, we'll still talk about it the next day. But I think that's also really helped just our conversations in our marriage is like Mm -hmm. we're not talking about things when we're tired or like overwhelmed.
0: Yeah. So what else do members of the ward need to know about the rights?
1: Ooh. Hmm. dating us type one day BD's and that was I, that recent right but yeah was diagnosed when we moved here yeah so, so
2: that was that January kind of wild event. what's that what's six months ago five months yeah. ago now yeah. so it's been going well thanks to honestly Ella and her cooking it makes a really big difference um, but I just say we really enjoy just getting to know people yeah. like we need to be better at this is too but like inviting people for dinner or uh-huh. just to go for, like, even for, like, uh, the parade or, like, 4th of July. Like, right. we just want to, like, be out with people. Like, uh-huh. we get a lot of energy from being around people because we're both pretty extroverted. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, enticing to us to go places with people because right. the ward really is our family, right? We don't really have anybody else. so uh-huh. like
1: We didn't know anyone when we moved here.
2: Yeah, so when we think of, like, friends, family, it's the ward. So that's been kind of fun to, like, just rely on the ward because, like, in Utah you don't really have to as much because you have your people you're surrounded by yeah it. yeah but here it's it's a little different and we we've loved every minute of it so i'd say you yeah, had yeah like let us out. know
1: how we can support you like we've gone to soccer games or basketball games or like we went to
2: Bolivia we play- right yeah. <laughs> you guys With the like i
1: think that's something we both like yeah is showing up supporting. and supporting yeah people and like getting out and like watching like right when we moved here we went to like a Fisher's high school marching band competition Uh and like a football game and we're like this is kind of weird like we don't even know anyone but like we really try to just get out of our house I mean we enjoy Netflix just as much as anyone else but I Think also right now, since we don't have kids, uh-huh. we don't have pets at home, too. Like, we
2: don't have plants, we, don't have plants. <laughs> like we are open for so anything. we're desperate for
1: plants, is what we're saying. Yeah. Please call us. Um, we also do like home projects, too. Yeah. As far as just like hobbies, uh-huh. a good like couple of hours, half the day spent in the yard is like yeah. a good Saturday for us,
2: for sure.
0: That's awesome. So, if somebody had. Nothing to do. They could just call you up and say, "Let's go to the parade. Let's go to the park. Let's go to totally."
2: Or even yeah, like Mama Mia. Ella loves, yeah. Ella loves sweets too. Like, hey, let's go grab a crumble cookie or a uh, handles ice cream. Like, that's like oh, Ella's yeah. hand, love language.
1: Handles article. ice cream? Oh my god! All right, so we're gonna I'll learn the
0: important things about you, Ella. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite flavor that Handel's has?
1: I've only ever tried one, and I don't think I need to try any others okay. because I'm obsessed. <laughs> but it's Oreo. Okay. It's exactly what it sounds like. Oreo with cookie dough chunks in it and we go get their s- just single scoop in a chocolate in like the wa- big old waffle cone uh-huh. and Dayton takes like the one bite, bite yeah and that's all <laughs> he can have and then I eat the rest and then give him a bite of the cone at the end but I think it's the best flavor it's it it is. I love it too. it's so good so you, I have a rule I have, you have a, tra- a favorite one? Oh
0: yes I do now I have a rule when I'm traveling I do not allow my kids to eat someplace that we can eat here we're not, uh, I did not go, I took Edison to Rome. Yeah. I did not go to Rome to go to Burger King. We're yeah. going to get something that we can't get someplace else. Yeah. I have one exception. That's Handel's. Uh, oh, nice. when I go to Utah, they have several locations and yep. we'll go to Handles.
1: We, we just went to Handel's in California. We yeah. didn't realize it was there and we, yeah.
0: So, so my favorite is the uh, Chocolic Chunk. Mm. And if you like I'm chocolate, so <laughs> if you like chocolate, it is a dark, rich, dark chocolate with chunks of chocolate it's and so i would go with my one of my buddies cj we'd go to handels and yep. when they were doing um taster spoons i oh, i don't know if they're doing that anymore but i would try different let me try the key lime pie let me try the banana cream pie let me try yeah. all these all right let me i'll go ahead and get the yeah, chocolate, chocolate that's what we because, do too. Yeah,
1: yeah we're always like, i know what we my go to is and we're like why take a risk
2: and also, when we you get know we
1: what you
2: like. we <laughs> right. have the coupons like buy one get one free because right. we felt the survey. But since we only get one, if anybody wants a free cone, yeah, just no come room. with us. There's we'll pay invitation. for you guys. Yeah, so. handles, We'll pay for your ice cream. Yeah.
0: So. I did one time when we were in the middle of the pandemic, early, early, middle. Um, I was in the Elders Corn Presidency, and I was doing ministry interviews, and I did some at, at Handles. Let's go meet at Handles. Oh, that's cool. outside. That's, that's really great. fun. So. Yeah,
1: that's smart. I'm
0: a fan of Handles, so. Yeah, no. yeah, big
1: <laughs> fan of handles. Yep. Um, we really like Torchy's Tacos. Oh, they're pretty
0: good too. Those are good. We I just like discovered
1: those. that and we probably eaten there like six or seven times now. Too,
2: too, too many. Too many times, but
1: we do love that. I think yeah, we're excited to kind of uh, like explore different national parks and places out here okay. that we normally wouldn't go to otherwise. So we've been to like the Great Smoky Mountains and just kind of like planning. Yeah, I would say that's where we like to spend like money or planning and like energy is around trips
0: yeah so with your trips are you mostly
2: doing outdoor activities hiking yeah i'd say vast majority is being outside or doing some physical activity or trying something new okay yeah
1: depends on if like sometimes we'll go on trips but we'll still just work the whole time like we Mm -hmm. went to florida a few weeks ago we're both working remote the whole time but then we took a day off to go to like the everglades and things like that but yeah Ideally, we would want to be by the ocean. Indiana yeah. needs an ocean, but yes. So yes. we do have to travel to the ocean every few months to make sure it gets a fix. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. good. Yeah.
0: Well, it has been an absolute blast getting yeah, to you. know you guys a little bit better. Yeah. And uh, so now I know who to contact when I need to go to Handles. Please. And please do. when I need to go to Torchies, because yeah. that's another big place. Anytime. We're open. So we will um, work something out. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks for having us on the podcast. Thanks for
1: doing what you do. It's
0: Yeah, I'm having a great time doing it. I told the bishop that this is just me being selfish. I'm getting to know people in the ward in a way that I wouldn't have otherwise. This is great fun. And if other people listen, great. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, then you guys are missing out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Totally. (laughs) So there you go. But, um, well, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up. And we will um, talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fisher Second Ward Podcast please share it with members of the ward or others who you think might be interested or might be enriched and blessed by listening to our stories. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.